Hey guys, this is uh, the Biomass Podcast on episode 20-something, and uh, just wanted to appreciate everybody for uh, pinging us up on Twitter and uh, in local on Eve and Dust all day. So we've got a pretty interesting show for you tonight. I, I know I say that like every other week, but it, it is interesting to me at least. So uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, a little bit focused on PC, like uh, how PC came about what's happened to it in the last six months and where we think it'll go with Legion or, you know, or where we would like it to go in Legion. And to that end, we've brought in a couple guys that, uh, that really have a ton of PC experience. Everybody in channel tonight's played quite a bit. Uh, but, uh, we're going to have a, we've got a couple of guests in particular, one brand new to the show and, uh, should be a pretty fun discussion. Uh, as usual, we'll lead off with a little bit of discussion from the CPM on, on a couple items. And uh, then a little bit on Hotfix Delta. I think there's been some clarification to the numbers uh, on a variety of different little topics. Uh, I've got one minor bone to pick, and I'll, I'll stab the uh, the CPMs in the eye with it at some point in the show. Uh, and after that, we'll, we'll dive right into the meat of it and talk a little bit about like uh, kind of what we're referring to as the you know past, present, and the hopeful future of what PC is. So with that, guys, let's go ahead and get started with some uh, some introductions. Uh, Pokey, if you can lead us off tonight. Uh, hey, I'm Pokey Drapen, uh, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomast. Good deal, Sarizel. I'm Sarizel, a CPM1 member, co-host here on Biomast, and a leader of the Top Men Alliance. Zatara? Uh, my name is uh, Zatara, and uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Fatal Absolution, and uh, I am also a member of CPM1. Okay, cool. Hinox? Uh, hello there. My name is Hinox. I'm a man on the internet who writes things and then gets banned for writing those things. And you do it very well, by the way. Get banned, that is. Um, okay. Thank Bam you. Havoc. <laughs> Was that me? Was it? Yep, that's you, brother. All right. Uh, hello. Uh, Bam Havoc. Hello. No one special. Just a dude. Yeah. Really. That's it. <laughs> okay. So now that, now that we got the, uh, the nice trees out of the way, uh, I'm Jason Larson. I'm one of the co-hosts here on uh, Biomast. I, uh, I'm in OSG Planetary Operations on the dust side. And I fly for uh, Agony Unleashed on the EVE side, uh, small game PvP corp. So uh, interesting note, like just, and, and I'll go ahead and kind of segue into it a little bit, that, uh, and, or at least foreshadow is probably the, the right term. Uh, earlier today, there was a very interesting um, uh, note letter open letter to, to folks that was released on the month on the matani.com that'll probably play into our pc discussion it's a big thing on the eve side so a lot of dust guys may or may not be tracking of it but if you play eve you'll understand uh why it's important to dust in the future or, or perhaps a little bit about uh why the metagame was so important at one point now with that uh we'll go ahead and turn it over to our cpm1 candidates uh I think we're pretty pretty thin on CPM1 news this week, right, guys? Yeah, no, it's just, uh, you know, Delta released. I've been forum warrioring, um, uh, mostly defending uh, the ADS change in particular. Um, it seems to be quite unpopular with ADS pilots, and I think that's okay. Okay. Um, now, I also noticed that they released a lot of, uh, I, I guess, clarification or uh, some further explanation of some of the hotfix Delta changes sort of writ large. Um, I noticed that, like in the, that they in the spreadsheet that Ritati originally released, it when you go to the rifle tab, it says bunch of changes nobody understands. Then he's basically made a post. I think it was today or, or yesterday where he goes into uh, a bit more detail, like sort of by by weapon system on what those different changes to the mechanics were. Um, I might not and, have read that post. Either. 
Yeah, no, it was actually kind of interesting. And that, that is that small bone I'm going to poke, poke you guys with uh, since they, they've yet again increased the recoil to the rail rifle. Just throwing it out there after yeah, our discussion I, last week. I wasn't too thrilled about uh, any additional rail rifle changes. I did not. I don't think I knew one was in. Okay. Yeah, no drama. Um, so I'll just kind of open up the floor. Is there anything in Hotfix Delta that you guys, uh, at least now that the smoke has cleared, thought was particularly good? Or you're still in a wait-to-see mode? I'm, I'm so happy the ADS got nerfed. It's just uh, a matter of waiting to see if it's enough or not, or too much. Okay, fair enough. I think I'm really apprehensive for snipers. I, uh, <clears throat> I tried sniping, and um, I just wasn't as impressed as I was pre-Delta. Um, I'm actually just, uh, just slightly worried. I, um, I guess... I don't know. I need to play more with it. Um, they're, actually, put in... they're really powerful. I mean, I was trying. I was trying to counter snipe some of the many snipers that were out there, and it was it's it's a pain in the butt. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll have snipe? to see. Yeah, just just there are so many of them out there right now. I'm just talking about sniping without like sniping regular pe- like infantry, not counter sniping specifically. But well, regardless, it was like what I'm talking about is I'm sorry. It was pretty much a buff across the board. I mean, I the biggest thing for me is that I think that um, honestly, in in retrospect, I I wish I would have pushed for body shots maybe to get an increase in DPS. They did. They, they did uh, more of a buff because like when I was like, wow, Soraya, I'm nipping at my heels. I'm uh, <laughs> I haven't been on biomass in a while. Is this like a regular occurrence? Sometimes. Uh, Ouch. All right. Well, I'll just shut up and not have an opinion. No. <laughs> Keep going, keep going. No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Okay, well, uh, let's see. In general, my impression of Hotfix Delta, like the parts of it that I've played with, um, I I thought the HMG changes to the burst were not too bad. Uh, It's noticeable, but not bad. Uh, Let's see. I, I have not seen a lot of ADSs, nor do I fly them, so it's very hard for me to... Uh, to have like a really practical opinion, I have seen some of the uh, the drama on the forums about them, and, and you know the thing. And here's the thing, guys. And and I'll I'll say this, you know, kind of on anybody's position, even if it's one that is uh, is detrimental to me in terms of play style. The the re- the reality is, if you've if you've been playing a certain way for months and months and months and months. Uh, and then CCP changes it dramatically. It, there's going to there's going to be some very understandable uh, aggravation. And and the one thing yeah, CCP when... generally doesn't do very well is get it right the first time. And, and I'm not saying it is right or wrong. It's just that's the simple fact is that at least their their track record to date has been to either underwhelm or overwhelm. And rarely do they just whelm people. So. Uh, like I said, I'm taking it, taking all the comments with a grain of salt right now, just because I I don't fly ADSs, and I haven't seen enough of them to to really uh, to really garner a judgment. Now I have tried the, the swarms out a little bit. I like it a lot. I like the faster missiles, and, and I like the the, um, the the tougher like not being able to turn around corners quite as well. I think that's actually better. Uh, it, it's a little bit better for the pilots, and I think it's a little bit better for the for the guys on the ground. So uh, overall, like I said, what I've seen so far, I, I kind of like. Well, the thing to bear in mind is, you know, the the thing is, is ADSs have been incredibly, incredibly spoiled for a long time. Um, the the stats on them are um, terrifying. Um, they were 
too good, way too good. And and Porter's okay. meant to. <laughs> Wait, Soraya, have you ever forged in a PC before? Because that's a living hell. Uh, yeah, I've done forge gun in PC. Do it all the time. Not fun. Never was. I haven't done it in a while. I haven't done PC in a while. I actually haven't um played since the um I mean done any PC since the hotfix came out. So I'm looking forward to seeing how you know um trying to think of the phrase um uh, scary the ADSs are because yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it's, I mean, it's one of those where, like, I still have to take it all, like, I really do have to take it all with a grain of salt, because it's hard to tell. I, I do know that there is, uh, I don't know that you have to nerf something to make other things better, or give yourself protection, that was the only thing I'm a little bit, a little bit concerned about. Um, I thought if they just helped out some of the AV mechan- AV weapon systems and tried that first, you know, leave leave the dropships roughly where they were at, but try to make some things more lethal to them. I, I think I would have preferred that, but I, I see the logic in the post, the blue tag post about how they went about it. So, I mean, what? We'll, we'll, well, go ahead. I think the ADSs are fine. I think the main problem lies with the forge guns and swarm launchers because the the range on the swarms has always been kind of wonky, and the forge gun is like the most obtrusive weapon I've ever seen in. A- baseball bat but um <laughs> other than that yeah pretty balanced hi Nox, when you say wonky can you elaborate um well i think i might have told this like zatara might have read this already but uh i'm kind of the opinion that the forge gun as a concept of a weapon doesn't really make sense cool using it but as an av weapon it doesn't like it's a weapon based on accuracy that you also cannot aim with it's a weapon based on pinpoint timing that you can also that also has huge delay. If you use a mouse, time perfectly. If it's if yeah, you're if using a mouse, mouse, it works perfectly. Um, yeah. it's actually OP with a mouse. I can snipe with it. Um, except it one shot people everything. use it as a close quarters weapon yep. in close range with I've a mouse. Killed, and... I killed a I killed a shot uh, a shotgun scout with one once because I had it charged up Very. and I got shot, so I turned around and let go, and he died. <laughs> it was funny. Scouts' bodies fly so far. All right, so we, we've established yeah. the next thing that needs to get nerfed. All right. Yes, um, actually, that's Leave one of the things. Leave my forge gun alone. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. I'm gonna cry horribly when the standard forge gets nerfed, but it really needs Leave to. Leave my forge gun alone. It's OP, I kind of agree. Yeah, it's OP. I use it, and I can admit it's freaking OP. Um, the big thing is though, is they did make it a lot harder to hit infantry with it this patch because they took away the splash damage, so you do have to actually direct hit people. And I did notice that does have an effect. It's not, you know, I mean, a lot of my hits mm. in the Forge Gun are direct hits, but it, it affects. The splash damage kind of sucked anyway. Um, the only time I can recall it being effective was when I played a PC against FA. We um, set up five Forge Gunners on the rings, and we just bombard all the heavies in the city with, like, five Forge Guns at a time. And we called it the Eye of Sauron. <laughs> And that is the only time in my entire life splash damage has ever been actually useful. Now, uh, I mean, that's that's I've just now started to like really put forge guns uh, to work, and like since I've been playing heavies a little bit more. And and I will have to say this: uh, I do not play with a keyboard and mouse, and and I like. By the way, that's what I was referring to that needed to get nerfed. As I stare at Soraya's name on the screen, very hard. Uh, the forge guns—it's really hard for me to tell like what's. Uh, 
you know, because I've only really been playing with it for about two weeks. So I will say this, though, like the, the difference in the mechanics of the weapons are dramatic enough that I, I kind of like that there's a, a huge difference between the standard, the breach and the assault and how you have to play them, which I think is pretty good. Um, now, in terms of the damage delivery, it's I, I'm not quite good enough to start picking off individual like uh, infantry players, uh, but it. It's pretty damn effective against vehicles, so I, you know, I do enjoy playing that. Yeah, one one thing I was about to say, I've been running Forge Gun since I believe late Chromosome, so a while. I still do not know how to balance it. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> it's such think, an obtusive weapon. It's not really obtuse. Think of the no, Forge Gun as an RPG and say Call of Duty or Battlefield Four, for example. It's not obtuse at all. It's just a different uh, mechanic. That's all. Whereas the RPG yeah. and both guns have uh, flight time and uh, duration of flight as well as an arc. Whereas the forge gun is just, the problem with the forge gun, I feel, is it, it fires in a straight line. You let it go, and at 300 meters, it stops. Pinpoint. That's yeah. perhaps maybe what they need to think about, maybe adding an arc to it, you know? Perhaps. Like the bastard child of an RPG and a 50 cal. So, hey, so, and a bit so, of lightning, yeah. Uh, bam, yeah. so do you think it should have something... Like not not like full on plasma cannon, but like a little bit of like a little bit of drop to it. Then, well, look, uh, don't take my word as given. It's just ideas being thrown around here, right? Um, I've always sort of said perhaps maybe instead of nerfing the fucking forge gun splash, which I've always I think the forge gun splash got nerfed after one point four, because a lot of rooftop and... forge guns were relying on that for kills. Fair play. Yeah. That was one of the things. And they hit tanks and dropships very, very hard. And tanks and dropships had to run away. When a forge gun comes out, the area, the aerial area, is on lockdown. Especially with the um, assault forge, because you can just rapid fire an entire, ma a entire magazine into a, a dropship before he knows what's hit him. And that, in some respects, is pretty unfair if it's a fairly new pilot. An experienced pilot will know, all right, got hit, you'll fly off. The forge gun, I feel, needs a bit of an arc to it. Maybe a range increase and an arc to it so that it provides some sort of skill. I don't want to say firing a forge gun doesn't require skill because you don't have, you can't aim the thing. You've actually got to wait till your reticule is just about to be red and then let it go because you've got to time that round. It's all about the timing. You can't fire it when it's red because by then the target's moved off. You've got to fight just before the target moves red. And that's when it goes. Boom. And you're dead. And it's a nice warm fuzzy feeling when a uh, shotgun scout particularly, or an overknifer particularly, flies off across the map because you've blown his face off. I feel kind of sorry when I shoot heavies because they're they're easy targets. Slow and fat. Poor heavies. Yeah, poor, poor heavies. I, I think it should also be said, though, that when I say that the forage gun is underpowered, this is coming from someone who pussies and damn near nothing else. No, no, look, look, I'm not going to even profess to uh, play PCs. I've played, I think, a grand total of three matches where I had a great laugh and a giggle, um, but I'm not a PC player. I'm not that higher echelon of a player because the PC player, I think, 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 God, too much to drink. I think of the high-end players that we as a community have. I'm a dirty, grubby, snotty, mud-clad, fucking, you know, faction war player. Um, you know, that sort of player. That, that's where I live and, and roam around and fail considerably a lot. <laughs> I'm not good enough to be in PC, and I never will be. But shit, I enjoy playing the game, so fuck it, I'm going to play the game. I, I kind of compared being in PC to, like, an addiction, except instead of cocaine, it's just lead injected 
into your arm because the the weird thing with PC, it's fun, but it's also incredibly stressful. But the worst part, and this is why I can't play pubs anymore, like I'll play pubs for a little bit then quit, is because I play PC, this high-end like work-based game. And then I go back to pubs and I get like an aneurysm every time the teammates do anything and then just leave immediately after they cap anything so bad that it just applies to every game now. Well, look, you, you've got a, got a uh, acute problem of not working with the team and the team not working with you. You're in a group of randoms, as you said. They're not going to mark on in team speak or team effort, yeah. whatever. Whereas if you go PC, everyone's got their job. Everyone knows where they go. Everyone's got their role. When you run around with random blue dots and you're a squad of four men, you've only got to rely on yeah. your four men. And hopefully the one drop-up link that's put in a bot by some other random, you know. So it, it all, you know, around around what teamwork you're prepared to give. I've always said, squad up with fucking randoms, make a squad, and you will win. I put out a video... Months ago, saying yeah, teamwork is OP, not the equipment. You're it's not, not the equipment at fault. It's the people using the equipment. I've, I've always been an advocate of this. No, don't nerf stuff. Tweak, and not tweak by ten percent. Tweak by maybe half a percent. You know, which I think Ratatatty is pretty good for because he will tweak Delta until there's like a lot less dust in the air, which is I think a, a, a good idea. I think he does a good job. Does a rat boy. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a fair point, and this is uh, probably a good bridge over to the uh, to the PC topic. So, uh, and actually, I, I kind of like Zatara, if you if you don't mind, if you could kind of help out with this a little bit, since I think you've been uh, between you and Pokey, I think you guys have been playing PC the longest, uh, and then probably Hinox. But if you could kind of recount a little bit about. Um, and again, understanding that a lot of guys that, that listen on the podcast, they may not understand that, that there was this thing called court battles, and then there was this the original versions of PC that came out. Could you give like a, a brief synopsis of um, what you saw as PC was developing, or what what were the sort of steps CCD took to uh, to bring PC into the game? Um. Well, my first. Uh, um, my first experiences uh, with, you know, understanding what PC was going to be was actually before Uprising 1.0 hit when um, Cast 514 podcast came out and uh, CCP Fox 4 had appeared on the episode with um, CCP Logi Bro, who was actually at the time Gradaris. This was before he was hired. And uh, Nova... Nova Knife, um, who was at the time still on the War Council, or I don't know if it had even been called CPM Zero yet. But um, so they basically had a podcast where he detailed about a, a lot about what they wanted to do with PC and and uh, even just talking down the road, like what a roadmap could be about what they would do later on. And um, he talked about things like having different district sizes for different di sizes of the battles and all of these things that even now I'm pushing for. Um, or that I would push for if we had, you know, that was something that could be on the table, um, that just would have made PC this, not only this, um, extremely different kind of game mode from, from, you know, as far as an FPS goes uh, that I've ever played, um, but also, you know, it, it was going to stretch the boundaries even further. Like I remember... Okay, so when PC came out, right, we had all these districts. There were 245 districts, and uh, it was extremely expensive at the time to get into PC. It was 80 mil per clone pack, and um, you got 150 clones, and you go and drop it on a district. And if the district was unoccupied, there was a big land grab that day 
um, where a bunch, you know, there was a, basically it was after downtime, there was just a boatload of people and all of the districts were eaten up after like 10 minutes. At the time I was still in subdreaded. This was prior to when I joined uh, Pink Fluffy Bounty Hunters about just a few days after Uprising actually dropped. And um, essentially like um, they grabbed three over near where um, ScarCon is. Um, and uh, it was actually not on ScarCon. It's the one above ScarCon. Um, anyway, close to STB Prime. Um, and that was actually when STB Prime got dubbed because, you know, Severe or Sever, sorry, um, grabbed uh, all 10 districts. And anyway, it was a huge land grab. And Kronos grabbed a boatload of land and um, Eon Alliance grabbed a lot of stuff as much as they could. Hellstorm grabbed a lot. The LOI started shaping up. Imperfects were still there. Anyway, um, point is that like after the first few weeks, you know, like people started realizing there were some big, big problems with PC. The number one problem was lag. And the number two problem was just the the sheer amount of money that you had to put into it and the um, the profits that players weren't exactly seeing what um, like manifested to them through through like a- actual end of game profit like you got at the for winning a PC match. It was just it was becoming evident that but obviously like the main problem was the lag and that was what like Uprising one point I, I think I don't even remember if it was Uprising one point one or whether it was just like within a, cu- a few short weeks. I want to say even before June um, or maybe early June, they, they patched it. And that was one of the first times. And it was it became like a repeating theme of trying to just get PC to not lag nearly as bad as it was. Um, and I mean, obviously that PC also became sort of a game mode as time went on where you could, instead of, instead of um, finding things that were just um, only worked in pubs, like for example, murder taxis, you would find things that were flavor of the month way, way before because these a lot of these vets, like you know, would all of the vets obviously gravitated, um, or a lot of the hardcore vets, the majority of them, I would say, um, gravitated towards PC because that was where after court battles transition, court battles were like these things where you would um, prior to uprising in in the open beta and chromosome, um, where you could just play your eight man team versus somebody else's eight man team on a corporation level. Um, and essentially like you know you could still you could still bring in other people correct me if i'm wrong but you could still bring in people from other corporations no to rank for you in these corporation no, battles yeah i no i don't I know don't if you could or so. not i think you had to be in the same corporation um, i honestly don't remember it's been that long but i can't i don't remember ever a time being where i was put in a corporation battle where it wasn't um but i almost want to say like for example synergy gaming did have um greatness achieved through training and i would almost feel like they would have played like gap players in cb so i wonder if they just had their own i guess on the side anyway that's that's getting off topic point is like um when pc dropped like you could also have things like a waxing that became like um we had to get a patch in for you know because it was so easy to just get into a pc battle pulled in by somebody and you would have no idea who pulled who pulled in the a walkers and there was no way to get them out of the battle so they had to patch that in order for you to be able to as a director or ceo kick someone out of the battle but only in the war barge there was still that element um if someone did want to a walks you they would actually have to appear as a friend but then betray you actually in the match um you know there's just i don't know there was a there was a ton of things that just made pc sort of like not only this revered game mode for proving yourself as a as a team and as a corporation um, and actually creating like the history of PC, what what defined like certain planets, what what defined certain corporations and their legacies, and sort of like you know these players have gone into other games and still carry that legacy. You know, like um, I've I mean I I remember I, I started playing Destiny a few weeks ago and uh, I put up the Fatal Absolution tag, 
and F.A. was not exactly like the greatest Corbin PC of all time, like not even close. But I mean, we had I got mails from people saying, is this the same fatal absolution from Dust 514? Is this the same one from PC? Like we got trashed by, you know, in a PC or whatever. And it's and I still have mails like I, I still get them from time to time. I've gotten four over the last two weeks since I started playing Destiny. And it's just amazing to me that that can carry on to other games. And I think that's really the story of what PC is about is, you know, this idea that um, it was far more than the than the sum of its parts. You know, people made PC way more than than I think that what the developers envisioned for it, because I, I don't I don't necessarily think that they envisioned that we were going to have like a PC history. I don't think that they envisioned that people would come to know planets as Sever Prime. Um, I don't maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But regardless, it happened. And that's like. That's sort of some things that sort of transitioned over the last six months, which if you want to like elaborate on a little bit, Pokey, like what's your been your like your changes over the last six months? Well, I, I will admit I've been less less active in PC over the last six months. But I mean, I think for me, because you, you mentioned ScarCon, the Covert Intervention Alliance actually had ScarCon and some surrounding areas in the beginning in the initial land grab. And that's when we first started butting heads with several with uh, STB and uh, uh, Zion TCD and, and whatnot, and it was an absolute shitstorm early on. It was just beating the hell out of each other, and and like you said, um, despite warnings, a lot of the vets made when they crunched the numbers. Once we started getting in there and, and really going at it, we realized how utterly broken the PC system was. I mean, it basically turned into who has the most money saved up because we're just going to throw cash at each other with zero profit, and it was a real pain in the ass to actually get people to even keep fighting because i mean we all realize that you can't make money this is all kind of pointless because the system itself was fundamentally flawed and you know i think that while people you know like you said turned it into something you know more of a social thing i think in terms of a game mechanic it was broken from the start and it's been very difficult to kind of reinvigorate that initial you know energy people had that they wanted to see in in pc because of, of those broken mechanics i mean it obviously caused a lot of the issues with the the blue donut um for a while but i think in general people started to recognize over time that this wasn't necessarily worth it in terms of game mechanics now social setting aside I mean, that, that is of course a very big part of a a new eden game i think that's that's cool that you know you can go to a different game and your name still carries over but in, in terms of the system, I, th I think that in general, PC needs to be completely reimagined. And I, I do hope that from, you know, a lot of experience of the older vets in the early days of PC, I mean, we've seen it improve slightly and then kind of crash and burn with the removal of profitability from having districts, but there was no good fix for it really. And so I, I really do hope that they don't just take a modified version of what we had for PC or what PC has become and, and transfer that to Legion. Because I'm, I'm really concerned that it'll happen again. Because PC, we all had really great visions. I mean, I, I had this awesome epic vision of supply lines of, of clones and moving them from district to district and, you know, kind of controlling the landscape of, of the space and whatnot. And it that never really happened just because of the way the mechanics were. So, you know, for me, I, I hope we can actually see that vision because I think that that is what they wanted was an actual a feeling of like a galactic empire that you're fighting for and pushing around and, you know, going head to head and trying to flank your enemy and, and whatnot. And I think that just never really happened. So, you know, for me, I'm hopeful that we can actually get a system like that. But experience shows that they, they just cannot build it off of 
really any of the the mechanics or the ideas they had for the PC we have in Dust because it, it's just too broken, and and no amount of fixes other than a complete re- rework is going to really you know make that better. So for me, you know, I hope we can see something more like the original Vision and, and less of what we got. Yeah, I think um, I I actually do think that the the idea of PC is is one that's worth bringing to Legion. I and I think that there's a lot of like things that are salvageable about PC. I um, there's a few. I, I actually think that with a few tweaks, PC could be just really amazing. Like if they they limited how far you could send clones, if they improved how the accessibility for um, um, like the accessibility for costs as far as getting into PC and as far as re-entering PC. If they, you know, one of the main things that PC needs is uh, is that right now there's just not enough of a of uh, there's there's not enough corporations out there to take advantage of 245 districts. So, like for example, you have you know corporations like Nyon Center, even f- like us in FA, where we've got you know 40 districts, and it's like in a real in a real scenario, if someone to was to, if we were being attacked on those all the time, no way there's absolutely no way we could be holding 40 districts we might be able to hold 10 or 12 um because you realize that that's like you know that's like eight hours of fighting every two days to hold 16 districts um unless you have you know way more unless you have 32 people on an hour for an extended period of time which we don't have i don't know if anybody has that and we're one of the still one of the top 10 corporations for activity on dust i think so you're number two are we really? Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're still up there, you know, like, and there's no way I, I might have 25 on, you know, at a max. So there's no way we're going to play more than, you know, mm-hmm. one PC team, PC team at a time. Point being that like, if they were to reel in the number of districts or make the districts smaller again, like the number of players that you needed in order to play a PC match, I think there's a ton of little things and changes that could be brought to, to Legion depending that would just adapt it so that it was um, more palatable for the player base itself. Because the needs of the player base honestly changed from um, 1.4 to 1.8. Like that was that. I mean, pre 1.6, I feel like, or even pre actually pre 1.4, I feel like there was a lot of like invested interest in PC. Like there was a lot of corporations. I I remember you know more than 60 corporations being in PC, and we tried to revive that after DNS Donut got destroyed and the number of corpses just weren't there. The activity just wasn't well, there. I think the issue, and now we kind of glossed over something that, that we probably need to note here that was, I think, kind of critical in sort of the rise and fall of PC. So, like, once you once you remove the issues with CCP, you know, which we, we certainly had an effect on this, like around FanFest, but even prior to that, um, the way there was a, there was basically a, a way that corpse could make money passively through district control and or isk rather let me be clear on that and that there's there is the connection to pc that people wanted higher in gameplay and they wanted exactly what Hinox was talking about and actually and frankly that's what attracted me to that uh that game form as well is very very crisp uh very you know, you had to be really on the top of your game, all 16 players at the same time. Uh, very good communication skills, individual play skills, and the ability to uh, actually optimize yourself across a 16-person team, and not just not just yourself. I just thought that the level of gameplay was much more attractive, and I think that brought a lot of people in. But there were two things: it was the fact that you could team deploy, which is still 
the only way to reliably team deploy 16 people. Uh, and you had the way you had the method of making pacifist, which was developed uh, by a few of the, the PC Alliance leaders. And I think uh, Zatara, if you can high can probably uh, elaborate a little bit on where that came from and sort of what that started to lead lead the, the dust community down the road of. Um, uh, you mean with like the rise of pacifist, right? The um, yeah, farming. Well, the the concept of pacifist farming had been around forever, but uh, I believe the first ones to really kick it off were like the Renegade Alliance and to an extent negative feedback. And no, because they reached a level of control where they managed to where nobody would attack them and they would just farm isk and control in like you know the DNS Fourth Reich in space where uh, the joke was that Kane lived in a gold mansion made of other gold mansions that was just being constructed eternally. And that's honestly about it. Um, Risk had a sort of role after the fall of DNS, but um, activity was relatively back up. So there was like too much conflict going around for anyone to really exploit it except for Nyansan. And then they kind of just killed it and that, Aside from the uh, versus the world war, which is basically how everyone turned to calling it, that was essentially the last thing where um, PC had like tangible money coming out of it. Yeah, and, and you know, kind of the point that I was trying to weave in is, uh, as Pokey kind of indicated, uh, th there was a certain is cost of doing business for PC, and then once folks really turned. Uh, ISK farming, like passive district farming into like a cottage industry, the gulf between sort of the upper end of the PC crowd and literally everybody else in the game became just incredibly dramatic. And so what, what effectively happened is you could, you could show up with like five real players and a bunch of rent and like, dude, you picked up out of local. And if you did that long enough, you would wear the other guys out purely through ISK, through money. Now, the two things started to happen that you had that effect, but then what, what also contributed to it is because the, the cost of entry into PC was so high, you start to have a, a shrinking pool of people that were routinely playing at the PC level, you know, 16 players, a, a practiced and rehearsed team that was actually going at it. So eventually the skill gap also became wider in between most other dust corps in that upper level of the PC tier that were that ended up controlling those districts and making that money, and that was one of the things that it became. Uh, there, there are two barriers to PC for for most corps for the majority of corps. One, just the raw isk associated with it over time, and then part two was really going to be your skill gap because, um, at, I think at its height, at, like there was basically no way for anybody to get into PC that wasn't already there. Now, there were a lot of corps that would rename themselves or that would break apart and reform under a new name with different players, but all those players were walking in with a lot of ISK or their ISK was being transferred between corps. So the barrier to entry for the majority of the player pool in Dust was, it was just really tough to get over. And, and I think that's really what started uh, to make things toxic for a lot of the community. And the DNS jumped in and didn't certainly didn't help. So I have a completely oh, different perspective. Like I, so for example, like when you make the point that like you know 
um, for example, that negative feedback and um, who was the other corporation that you were saying? Uh, Renegade Alliance in general, particularly just Nyansan. Like we're farming ISK. See, far what happened was in the beginning of PC, right? Like we had we had this big. There were like three main donuts, and then there was negative feedback, who owned a very few amount of districts, but as far as firepower went, were the top of the line. Yeah. And these these that was like people went into PC with a boatload of money. At least the vet corporations did, because the more you had played, the more salvage you had, and thus when uprising dropped, for example, like I got. 380,000 380 million uh, salvage worth of like isk back refunded when uprising dropped so there were whole corporations for example when i joined team players after pink fluffy bounty hunters imploded and cubs invited me to team players um along with zero and everyone else they um like he had something like 2.6 billion already in the corp wallet just from people who had donated like 150 from you know 30 players or something i don't know and um the point being that like there was already like a, a a huge gap going into it between um you know a corporation like 187 at the time if anyone even remembers that oh. it's stigmatus and and bruta you know brutus hawk and you know whatever and then you know a corporation like team players or imperfects for example who had you know billions like a couple billion i i want to say like uh pink fluffy bounty hunters who had you know something like 1.8 billion or something um, there was just a, a huge differential. I mean, you, you talk about the number, the amount of ISK that the alliances were able to drop, for example, when they, when PC actually started, I mean, STB was dropping just money on 10 districts. That's 800 million just dropped within 10 minutes. Um, and then in order to attack any district that was outside of four jumps at the time, which they changed eventually, and I think should be changed back. Um, it was like a huge, massive clone, like disadvantage, like a, a huge clone loss. Um, I remember there was a particular match where negative feedback actually attacked Red Star, and Red Star almost won, and always bragged about how it was so close or whatever. But the point was was that negative feedback had started the match with 113 clones and won, um, and that was because they misunderstood the mechanics and they were trying to save money and not spend that 80 million clone pack. And anyway, the point being that like locking didn't even like the huge the huge clone profits didn't come until team players owned. A boatload of the map like team players was the first one to really get huge on the map they ended up with something like 26 percent and to your point about like jason where people could just throw money out and throw people from local in like you know there were corps like stb who had money and players like that who had a huge amount of activity number one activity in the game that's why they're still at the top of the kill board for all time um and still haven't been passed by molon even though they've been dead for months they had a huge amount of money a huge amount of players and yet they couldn't hold anything so I think that totally, like, a, and that was this true for a bunch of corps who had a lot of players, a lot of activity, and a lot of money being generated or could have been generated when, you know, taxes started rolling in, which I don't remember when that was. I think it was 1.3 or 1.4. I can't remember exactly. Um, but point being that, the, or even the, the FEC war against Eon, which failed miserably, even though it was backed with lots of money. The, they spent something like, I want to say, like, two billion at least on the first initial round of attacks and they won like three percent of them um and the re-ups you know the re-ups were percentage was even worse it was like you know they flipped like three or four districts out of over two billion spent even though they had a huge amount advantage in terms of number of players to field because one of the problems with pc is is that that same 16-man team and this was what the forum qq was about at the time was that that same 16-man team could just 
win a could defend a huge amount of districts. And that was why people wanted to change it at the time so that, you know, you couldn't sit there and put, you know, uh, have districts who were, you know, timers coming online back to back to back to back to back the way it was. Um, and so, like, for example, what I'm getting to, the point here is that when when you're talking about the ISK being generated, a lot of ISK was being generated by team players in, in the, you know, June and July and August months. And we had, like, a fair amount of ISK, I think. I think Cubs would tell you somewhere between 20 and 30 billion, I want to say, at the end of it. Um, because we were owned, you know, like a quarter of PC. But that was one only capable because of what Hinox was talking earlier about, where people got to a point where I don't want to waste money, so I'm not going to attack the big guys. Or, you know, we would, so we would never get attacked except for by no name scrubs. Because if anyone did attack us, we'd go and take all of their stuff. And it got to a point where everyone that, you know, Molan Labe and everyone was just planning behind closed doors to attack us, which resulted in the FEC. Um, another thing that I would contest is like that whole point about corpse not being able, like the monetary issue being what prevented people from, from contesting these big corps. I would say FA stands directly in opposition to that. Like I broke off from um, team players, had yeah. absolutely no money at all, went and found people in public matches who I had never played with before, like Genova and TTW that became cornerstone players of a PC team that challenged AE and beat AE and negative feedback like over and over until, you know, we went to go break up the donut. Um, so I, I think that it, and AE did that before us in contesting team players. Now they actually did have a core team that came from Hellstorm of about 15 or 20 players. And then they merged that with negative feedback. But I think FA in particular stands like as the, or even well, outer heaven as well, kind of in a way, except for that they lost so many times and lost the wars. But eventually towards the very end of PC, like saying, you know, June and July of this year, like they got huge, like they had a huge resurgence. And um, I, I don't know, I just, I think that the biggest thing that killed PC was the locking and the locking was happened when, you know, people like Black Phoenix Mercenaries and KQ and others figured out that you could lock your districts and then actually duplicate ISK by going in through the backdoor battles and simply make a whole nother like clone pack worth of ISK back, or not a clone pack, but half of a clone pack ISK back, like you can make 16 million. And then on top of that, still be locking your districts the entire time. So you, all you'd had to do was win some battles to get a district or buy a district off of someone for whatever obscene price, a couple hundred million, because you could definitely always make that profit back and continue to as long as you had someone who could no life it and be there to lock the districts. And that's why KQ and you know others would end up, when we would try to attack them, it would be five or six districts like district attacks stacked on top of each other because they would have five or six people all spamming the clone pack attack button over and over again. And that eventually got fixed, but it was far too late. Like at that point, you know, the DNS donut had already happened. Um, right, but, but the issue is, I mean, now let's also be real. Like if you owned enough districts uh, and, and you only wanted to defend X number, you would lock them too. I mean, that, that was not like a, that was not limited to a small number of people. That, that was a fairly widespread pack practice. One, because it was really hard to ignore. I mean, why would you not do it? Why uh, would everyone not lock every district? That's, well, that's what it got Well, they to. started doing it, yeah. And, and, that's, and that, was, that was a large part of the issue. And the other thing I would kind of point out is, um, so you, you, were, you made some really good points about, like, the starting amount of ISK for some of the players. Uh, but let me throw this at you. What if you had somebody that started playing three, four, or five months after you? Like... What, what is a, a very low bar for you or for, for that original 
crop of original sort of veterans that, that walked into, like after Uprising dropped, that bar was a lot higher to them than it was to you. What bar? Can you can you elaborate? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Like the ISK bar in general. So let's say you start a desk and you link up with like oh, you, there's a group that organically forms, and you've got one one or two guys that's been around for a little bit, but then you you gradually start gaining steam and getting players. Um, most of these guys are much lower skill points, and they also have a whole lot less money in the bank. They're 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 in the business of budgeting proto suits. Uh, like, hey, I can only buy two. And if I lose one, I'm switching to a starter suit. And and I don't I don't think there is a and it, trust me, this is not evil. I just really believe that the the frame of reference for those guys that were eventually trying to get into BC that started like that is very different than the frame of reference of somebody who um, who's like in, in the in the beta and then and then started playing uh, when it went live. Does that make sense? No, I totally agree with you. And for like. I can tell you from experience, like when I brought in, for example, Genova and found, you know, and and we brought in Genova and TTW and these other players, um, and they or Dwater, and these people had seven million SP, but were that good, good enough to go with advanced gear and and be a factor in PC against right, proto players how, at the top yeah, end. But, like, I mean, let's let's also be real, and uh, you know, I've played with TT a couple times. He he is not a he is not your average player. No, right. no, and that was what PC was about. You couldn't. You it was the, that was the thing was that PC was absolutely unforgiving if against a top corp if you didn't have a you simply had to have a better like a better team like that's what it came down to. There was just, I mean, that's what that's what it had to be about was trying to find players that were better, not players who had a bunch of SP and money because. I mean, all the all the players who had the you know the most SP and money, but were bad players, were never factors in PC. But the players who were really good, who had zero SP and no money, would be given money. Like Roner General, like for example, he went to AE. He was you know had no F, no SP, no money. They just we threw money at these people. Of course, we want you to have whatever we have. We will give you anything you want. I wish I had a character to give him that had twenty million SP on an alt. I would have just given him the PSN because you want to enable these people, you know, like that was, that was just the way that it was for me. Because when you say like these, this cohesive group just forms because you're playing like that extends more than, you know, just saying like, Oh, let's play together. It's, it becomes a sort of family where like everything I have is yours and what I want for you to do no, better than me in a PC, me, you know, it's, it's not evil, man. And like it's, 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 I think we, it's from, this is my perspective on this. Okay. Um, and you guys feel free to, to, to poke in. Uh, I, I think the, the combination of the mechanics in terms of how ISK was generated and the fact that it's really an ISK-based game, okay, that's the underlying factor. How, the combination of that, and then oh, basically you got on this accelerated curve of uh, PC was going to become for fewer and fewer people because and then money was going to become more of a factor. The players that you could find or or call out from other locations that were really good, you're right. Those guys would quickly get pulled up into that smaller pool of people that were playing PC, um, and that's not evil. It's just, I mean, just kind of how it was. And I don't necessarily disagree that that's what should have happened. But all I'm my my point is that all of this ultimately led to. Uh, PC really having to be neutered at some point, uh, and CCP frankly did that, uh, and so that they basically. Uh, th this is this is my opinion right now. The current state of PC is what it is, 
because there's I don't understand if there's a single advantage to owning a district at all. Basically, what you get is a really shitty court battle mechanic that you have to put on a timer. And that was the other thing about PC. That was a leftover from Eve is, is the timer mechanism. Now, you have to have some way to regulate it, but that like that that's to me what you have right now. There's no incentive. ISK was the original incentive bragging rights and you know that kind of stuff and, and the, literally the, com- the competitive aspect was um was clearly a factor but ultimately you you brag to a larger degree based on the amount of money you're making uh, overall not perhaps individual players uh here and there but i think that's that's all these factors combined uh, sort of a really shaky foundation for pc really it acted like a stock market bubble, like it popped and, and then it's, I don't know that it's going to come back in the current form. It certainly needs to be reworked. Yeah. I, um, sorry, I hope I'm not interrupting anyone, but, um, I think one of the main problems with PC that's kind of not talked about as much is the sense of scale really wasn't there because like Zatara was earlier, TP, FA, and I think prominently like, key example is like OH towards the end of the uh, DNS donut. You'd have teams of like maybe 20 to 24 people just hold back like 300 to 400 people. And it, it yes, they were good. Skill definitely factored in, but at a certain point it became kind of disgruntling when, you know, 1% of the game can essentially lock out the other 99% when you have to funnel in alliances and corps to like 16v16s and i get that's like mainly just limitations of the game <clears throat> sorry but um yeah i get that it's mandatory limitations but it def- it uh definitely serves to kind of undermine the sense of grand perspective that you're supposed to get yeah no i think that's a great point and i know i've heard like um you know, sort of your more blue collar uh, corpse would would definitely say that. Probably guys like Molen Labe and, and and you know OSG for that matter. You have a lot of good players in there, but you've only got you've got so many, um, only so many to go around. And and it's that that I think was it's one of those where I can I can absolutely I can, when when team players was at the height of their their skill, I absolutely had a ton of respect for them because you know what they were winning the matches. It's not just that they were showing up and people were losing. They were winning the matches. So, like, on that hand, you have to give those guys, you know, all the, you know, the respect based on their performance. What was frustrating was exactly what you said, is that you you could not, there was no, there was no incentive to really, really building a large community or trying to put together large-scale operations. It was really, really um it was frustrating when when you had a very small percentage of the total player pool that was effectively controlling it. And, and I actually, and I think Zatara made a great point is the original mechanic where uh, there was a cost associated with how far we were from where you wanted to attack. And this is something I actually fenced with Kane Sparrow on multiple occasions was I, I always thought like, it, like if you go on Eve, right. And you look at the star map, there's a way you can toggle it where it pulls up basically like a hex tile system and, and it overlays the entire star map. It flattens it out. And you see like a bunch of big colored hexes. And, and my point was always, you, you know, you should only be able to attack systems or things that are essentially adjacent to where, to where you're at. So bouncing all the way across the universe, left and right, and controlling all these districts, 
Um, I, I don't like there had to be a way of basically you have to affect power projection. That's what was allowing really small groups of, of really small players to, to effectively bottleneck large chunks of, of, of the community. And that's, that's probably, that, that's probably the thing that really bugged me most is uh, if you could make it in such a way where you, you didn't have that mechanical bottleneck in there, uh, I, th I think things would have been a lot more tolerable uh, overall. And there is one thing that, you know, I will say that, um, that you'll notice when you talk about Eon um, or anyone that had Nyons on <laughs> um, is that not only did you have power projection, but imagine the FEC attacking all 78 of, of team players' districts and it just being team players to play the battles. We, we would have if inevitably just – we would have folded and lost a ton of districts. And then you know we would have fought for as many as we could, but it, the FEC largely would have been successful. The thing that made things so um, frustrating for people at that point in the game was sort of like the same thing afflicted dust that's afflicted Eve, is that you have these basically these huge donuts that um, – so for example, like Eon, which consisted of, you know, had five major players. You had team players, and then you also had, you know, basically uh, Not Guilty, Synergy, Red Star, and R&D. And that was like five pillars of like the Eon Alliance. And I'm telling you, like those other four corps really banded together. I mean, we had when when the FEC actually attacked us, we had, you know, hey, guys, chill, chill. Sorry. Um, we we had like Pradox and STB fielding tons of teams for us. And we were just playing this game of figuring out, OK, they're going to send a crappy team here. We're going to send in a crap, you know, a slightly better team here. We're going to, and I'm, that's not dissing on STB. It's just that, you know, STB wasn't at the top of the food chain at that point. They had lost Annie and Oakley and you know, Jane and they had lost everybody. A lot of their really great players. They were still rebuilding at that point. Anyway, point being that, um, guys, um, okay, I, there was just, just a record, lot of I like. Think, I think we've all established that Zatara's dogs are OP. Yeah, my dog, I'm sorry. My dogs are there. It's 11 o'clock and they're like, okay, it's time to go in rough house. Anyway, but point being that my there was. <laughs> my dog, there was just, okay. She, she doesn't bark. She just kind of makes like high pitched squeaks that drive things away from her. <laughs> and it works just, it works even better because they're not like, like, oh, that presents power. It's like, the fuck is that? Is that a rat? <laughs> the fuck is that? I'm sorry, man. The, go, go ahead, Zatar. Like we're all, we're all just like having a laugh as we swap pictures of teacup chihuahuas. And we're, we're, no, we're, you're we're fine. Putting, we're putting dust uniforms. My freaking! On. I finally got them to lie down too, and now they're looking at me like, "What? I can't roughhouse." No, but um, and I'll say this one last comment about my dogs. I took them out for an hour to go play frisbee at the at the AT and T park, and they are now just like. I don't know. It's just crazy. They have like unlimited energy. They've been to the dog park twice today already, and that's not even counting this morning. But anyway, the point is, is that people played certain people like Kane Sparrow, um, like Movado, like Cubs, and you know, like Cujo, were very, very savvy about connections, about making making the right places at the right time. I did that. I tried to do this. I tried as much as I could, making the connections with Outer Heaven early. Um, by helping them with the winter war and later giving them districts when they got kicked out and trying to defend their districts into defending it successfully against NF and 
you know, and, and other people who attacked it until they wouldn't let me anymore. Um, having them help me when we got attacked, when we got mass attacked by, you know, DNS, the DNS donut, when AE and NF teamed up against us. Um, we, I, these people, certain people played the game so well and had the connections, like, and the ambassadorship, like, so with other people that it made the game extremely difficult to play as a single corporation. It obliterated the sense of your team being able to accomplish anything because one team was not ever going to be efficacious against the mountains and mountains of work that other people put in to have 16 teams show up when Nyan Sun got blitzed. I mean, I remember when we had all of the, right before we joined DNS to go and break up the donut from the inside, I I had Ghost Shadow of all people help me broker with this all of the you know Spanish speaking folk the coalition came together and they spent something like two billion is to attack all of Nyon Sun's districts. And we had a, a cluster of like 20 teams getting on that morning. And I remember reading, you know, talking to Killer and begging him, hey, dude, top men, help us. And Sarai was like, oh, FA's not the good guys. Don't help them. You know, it's going to help us later to have NF's ties. Like, And so all of these things were either working for us or against us. And this all plays back into what PC became instead of what corporation battles were. Whereas it was simply a, a battle on battle between a corporation, PC was way more of a scope and became way more like Nullsec has become as far as the intermingling of politics and what politics was going to achieve for you or not achieve for you um, than I think anyone ever imagined, anyone ever anticipated. I don't think that any corporation could just go into PC and think, I think I'm going to go and win some PC matches today and take a district and be okay. That just was never going to work. And I don't think that CCP ever made that clear to anyone going into PC and that there was no, there's no handbook or breaking you in or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Well, what you've, what you've really brought up is um, I think the lasting legacy that PC, uh, the dust versus PC is that it established the metagame in, uh, in dust. And, and if you think about it, the thing, the things, the one thing that CCP can do at least as good, if not better than everybody else, is generate the environment that a player-driven game can 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 literally expand beyond the boundaries of you know the computer in front of you or the TV screen in front of you, and that's that's literally what they've done with Eve, and that's what that's frankly why Eve's so successful for going on eleven years, and we got a taste of that in Dust, and, and a lot of it was because of the meta game establishing itself. Uh, that overarched the entire flavor of the dust community. And I think that was, that honestly was, that was a huge thing. And, and that was unique to any first person shooter game that I've ever seen. Uh, and frankly, it's the thing that, that attracted a lot of people to dust. They could get a very Eve like experience, or at least that was the idea that you could get an experience like that where, uh, things outside just the match mattered. Uh, that, I think really drew me in. And that's one of the reasons I was very attracted to because I was already familiar with Eve, but I like the idea of doing it in a, in a first person shooter format. Uh, so for all of its start, for all of the problems it had and all of the toxicity it created through either misconceptions, mismanagement, uh, bad mechanics, or perhaps on occasion, you know, some malicious intent, the, I think the lasting legacy of PC in the in at least our generation of Dust players was the metagame and, and what it did for the metagame. 
Um, and kind of with that, what I, what I would like to do is kind of like drive forward a little bit and, and talk a little bit about in Legion, what should a PC-like mechanic look like? What, what should it be? I just want to spend a few minutes kind of talking about that because we talk a lot about FAC, about FAC war and stuff like that because that actually is probably the most successful thing in terms of how you know Dust and Eve have cooperated and probably one that can easily be replicated uh, if they do it in in Legion to a great to great effect. But I'm very keen to to, to have you guys kind of talk a little bit about what you think you would like to see in Legion as far as a PC or PC like environment would that what would that need to look like well we've kind of been talking about this in the the skype chat the back and forth and one of the questions i raised was you know it 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 makes sense that in the 16 versus 16 or whatever the number is in a battle the team with the better players is gonna win but in terms of what we have for dust you can't do this sort of thing in Eve where you can take overwhelming numbers of people who aren't that skilled or don't have as good of gear and throw it against a, a smaller group of very elite players. And so, you know, I'm more leaning towards the fact that while, yes, in a single battle, if you have a balanced mechanic like we have in Dust, the better players need to win the battle. But I'd also like to see a mechanic where you can take a big group of people or small corps and actually force your way in with sheer numbers and just overwhelm them. I think that would be good, and I think it's 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 more of a new Eden feel to it, and I'd, I'd like to see more of that in Legion. Yeah, um, at least from my experience, I'd very much like to see more of um, just if even if it was something small like statistical bonuses, just small little stat buffs that would help you out, or maybe reduction of timers would make like massive size or scale matter. Because as cool as it was to have like. OH, a corp of like 50 people, fend off DNS. What was it, like 99.16%? I mean, it was super cool, but at the end of the day, it's like it feels like stabbing an elephant to death through like a three inch thin hole in the wall. Just kind of jab a shank through repeatedly because they can't fit. And I know that's a horrible metaphor, but basically, the whole funneling mechanic of dust really kind of ruined the sense of scale when. Like 16 people managed to beat like 30 other teams, and in the process of beating like 30 other teams, just because they have better tactics, you're able to essentially fend off the other 99.16% of the game, something that my old corp Molenlabe couldn't do with like 500 people. And I love Molenlabe, but that just goes to show that like numbers didn't mean anything. Yeah, I think in general I want to see a mechanic where uh, a small group cannot hold a large piece of land on their own. I think one of the things I, I proposed a while ago is something kind of tied in with uh, a PVE element where a, a corp has to actually go into their district and scrub it. For uh, There's like a drone infestation. They have to scrub their districts and take time to actually go and, and keep the districts clean and uninfested so they can actually pull a profit with those districts. And I think that if you have massive amounts of districts like we had with the blue donut in a very small group of people that's not feasible because there's just not enough hours in the day to actually go and do it in regards to how that mechanic works i think i want to discourage small tiny groups holding large chunks of land by making use of timers and whatnot i think that's bad i think that if you've got something and if you've got land it should be proportional to the size of your group and and your ability to actually defend it rather than just we're going to stack all the timers in, in such a way that, you know, 16 people can defend, you know, way more space than they should actually have. 
Well, I think that uh, personally, I think timers are, are needed it, to prevent the just, well, they went to sleep, so now we can kill them um, design. But I think that it needs to be, um, uh, hopefully Legion can hit a, a larger scale, I would say, um, to the point that, you know, if you, that you need to reliably have a larger group of people, um, which, which would make it a lot more difficult for, for just a core group. Yeah, um... I, I believe Planet Side 2 in large part suffers from that issue of, oh, you spent the whole week conquering this continent, and then you wake up the next day, and, oh, looks like the skeleton crew took half the continent back. Well, that sucks. And I do think that timers are a bit, like, I wouldn't like to see timers reappear in Legion, but I feel like they could pull off something, and th this is radical and probably never going to happen, but something along the lines of maybe perhaps setting up NPCs or something to guard the districts, and you could beat them in, like, PvE things. Like, you don't actually have to physically appear on your districts to defend it. You can let the AI do it. And perhaps the better you fund your districts, the more, like, well-funded they are, the more defenses there will be, and maybe the enemies will be slightly harder. And this is extremely improbable, probably never going to happen. I'd like to see it happen because it's a cool mechanic for PvE. That's the one thing that Legion has that Fail to Win side or Pay to Die side uh, doesn't have is uh, the Eve Link. And I'm sorry, but Legion might be its own standalone game, but it will go nowhere like Dust went with a shitty little fucking oil space shop drop on a stupid planet. It'll go nowhere without the Eve market, the Eve universe, and so on. No Eve universe, no Legion. It's, it's that simple. It might be a great standalone game, as that French dude says, CCP Rouge has said. It needs the Eve that Legion link. It needs, it needs, Eve Legion needs to be linked. It needs to be linked. Fail to win side doesn't have that. Oh, we, I need, agree. we need Eve as much as Eve need us, you know, to expand the Eve universe. We need it. They need us. That's I, how it works. I think the main problem with um, the Eve link was that due to the nature of how the two games are on. You, you come into like a scenario where Dust and I believe by an extension Legion would need Eve to survive. But the question really is, would Eve need Legion to survive? And I don't think CCP, I mean, I don't, I'm not a mind reader, but I don't think CCP has that entirely figured out on how to make Eve Online players care think, about, think about like, it this being way, independent. Dude. Legion is a way into Eve. Legion, said by CCP Rouge, is going to be free to play. Well, start them on Legion, get them into EVE, where you have to pay a monthly subscription of $10, £10 a month. Then you're paying. Then you're invested. Then you've got time into a game. But like yeah. Dust, but now you're paying. So now your money's going into it. A bit like the people that bought shit tons of BPOs and uh, packs and all that jazz, they've got time invested into it, you know? So they've got the biggest say when it comes to certain things. I haven't said anything about PC because I don't play PC PC and me, you know, I don't know anything about it, so I don't comment on it. But when it comes to the Legion Eve Dust Link, the Eve Dust Link is terrible. It's one spaceship in faction war. They've gotten rid of the other bits and pieces, and it's a three-minute timer. It's a, yeah. <laughs> they need to refigure, reconfigure the Eve Legion Link. Without Eve, Legion will die. I and Legion see, is yeah. a way into Eve, if you think about it that way. I know I've got my tinfoil hat on, and I know that I get hammered for it quite regularly, but... Put that on your bacon sandwich, you know, and uh, 
taste it maybe you know well, drink some of my kool-aid bro not theirs <laughs> eve players eve players tend to disagree but i honestly think eve needs legion almost as much as legion needs eve i think eve's in a really cruddy yeah, state yeah. and i think the well, added dynamics of having a whole new class of players to interact with and and add to that universe would do an immense wonder for eve but it has to be done right and it hasn't been done right so far well one thing i i did want to kind of jump in on this because I, I think bam you you kind of brought this up uh like you and hyanox both the um in terms of pc for me um i think there's a couple of things that you could do and a lot of it does have to do with how it interacts with legion or shit how legion would interact with eve so like i I think we all agree that uh, setting a mechanic up where a small number of guys can control a vast swath of geographic terrain is problematic. Uh, I, I think the timers are necessary, uh, and it's also a good way, a good gateway into Eve because Eve, for a lot of you know, for all intents and purposes, runs off of timers when you get into like you know the big fights and stuff. So I do like the I, I like maybe bringing back something in the the pre one point. Point four days where you, you make distance like you have like some kind of structure or certain some sort of you know court pass or something like that that you have to drop in a system or on a planet and the further away you go from that the more expensive it is for you to either move clones or it's not guaranteed you can reach far enough to to try to secure other districts without dropping these other passes uh, or and, and you generally would have to pay the eve guys to like get into a system anchor something and then defend it which would then establish like a communications relay to get your your little clone signals over there, so you could take a planet. There's there's a there's about a thousand and one things you could do, but it really comes down to I think you should make uh, power projection an issue, uh, and then you, you can play with the timers. I mean, there, there's different ways you can do it, but I think if you did that, you would help a lot with uh, making larger numbers matter. And, and ultimately, we we really I think we all want more than 16 guys on a, on a team. I think we're we would like something much more substantial than that. Uh, and I, I think that is actually one of the things we didn't talk about is like the low player count per team you know, doesn't help any of this. So, I mean, when you can get up to like 24, 32, you know, 48 guys per team, now that's pretty legit. And you can, there's a lot of different things you can do that way. So that, that would be one of the things I would offer is that if they could work out through probably like PI type systems uh, in terms of how do you put something on a planet that you can, or like an anchoring system where you can, that's how you get clones into a system. Uh, there, there would need to be like an NPC way to do it, like an NPC corp way to do it so that dust guys would know with no Eve side initially, at least could pay a fairly hefty amount, you know, for an NPC anchor, something like that, now, like a beachhead almost to get you into a system or a planet. Uh, but the the optimized way to do it and the cost effective way to do it would be utilizing an Eve side, uh, you know, partner Merc or alliance partner or whatever. Uh, that's that's my that's my personal you know pitch on it. That I think you you could do a lot by utilizing Eve. And one of the things that and by the way, I'm gonna get a, sh a quick shout out to a bunch of the guys in the uh, Addison local. Uh, that's a that's like a low sec local in dust. There's there's probably about 90 different players in that. It's very, very compact local uh, that a lot of guys are in. I'm actually in that district um, or correction, that system right now on the Eve side. I'm transitioning to another location. And I watched an exchange these guys had with some Eve players. And they were literally talking about what we're talking about. And, and 
you know, I could desperately see them trying to type on their, you know, their little PS3 controllers. And so I had to, had to kind of hop in and help them out a little bit, but, uh, you know, the dust bears want what Eve has. They want to play the mechanics of the game in a different way. But I think a lot of the, the advantages that Eve has, uh, in terms of that meta game and, and like the social part of the game that they, they, they crave that and they want to figure out how to, how to matter into Legion. I think if there's a way that you could, you could make if PC in terms of a land holding mechanic, that may or may not be the way to go if you wanted to really get deep into, um, uh, you know, Eve integration. Because now you're really talking about like Sov and a lot of different things like how Nullsec works. You got to be really careful about how that works. So I'm not sure how to do it, but I think it, the more that you make, uh, the more you incentivize the use of an Eve and Legion Link through the generation of ISK or some other benefit or LP like loyalty points, uh, I think that's the way to go. Uh, and, I, and I think you can use Aurum, LP, or ISK. Those are the three basic CCP in-game monetary functions. And they're both common to Dust and Legion. Well, correction, Dust and Eve. So my assumption is in Legion, you're going to have the same things. And if there's a way that you can, you can leverage that, I think that's the way to do it. And I, So maybe PC becomes maybe more faction warfare related, where you're taking planets and making, making it easier to secure systems. I don't know. I, or it re- reaches into NullSec. Not sure. I think like a um, a key thing with Eve, and this is something that I want to see expanded upon like tenfold in Legion, because Dust, it, I think one of the main flaws with Dust is it didn't have the nearly the amount of diversity that Eve has, and that comes near that comes mainly with the fact that Eve's an M, like a flat out MMO. Dust is a fairly typical FPS, but the thing is, in Eve, you don't have to participate in pv the big pvp wars at all you can just completely negate it you'll probably want to because other stuff is boring but you know it's optional so the idea is hopefully what i'm mainly hoping for in legion you don't have to do pvp because i played dust with the mentality of one day i won't have to do pvp switch to pve and i could try pvp from time and time again but you know that's up to me and i can just like and I don't want to go full like tinfoil hat theories here, but we are talking about Legion, so the tinfoil hats are on anyway. So I'm just going to come out and say, I want to board EVE players' ships. And that should be allowed to happen, because they talked about that in 2013, I believe, and to an extent 2012. actually, mate. That's when they talked about it then. Yeah, they, they've been talking about that for a while, ever since the like station walking pipe dream. But um, I believe... like. The, the fact is, like, a lot of players, like, the only thing you can do in Dust relatively to prove yourself is FW and PC. And PC and FW are fun, but they're, like, there's the fundamental flaws, and that's about it. I guess you could stop stomp pubs, but that's kind of like going out and murdering crippled children in the woods. Not that rewarding. You and that are just a quiet doc, dude. Are you okay? You need some more beer and bacon in your life, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> A lot of people actually say, like, after I um, write the stuff on the War Room that some of you may or may not have read already and got me banned before, um, people are like, what drugs were you using? I'm like, sadly, none. Dust. Yeah, dude, involve more beer, insert more bacon, you'll be much chilled out. Unfortunately. 
No, I, but, yeah, um, I think you're the Hinox man. I got to tell you, I, like I, I, that's what I've always wanted to. Like I don't know about the ships; that would be kind of tough. But I've always wanted to be able to get on somebody's pos, somebody's like space station, or like you've already got the structures on the ground, like the PI structures that dudes pay a lot of ISK for to put on the ground to make them money. I want to be able to go in there and take that away from them, or I want to yeah. be able to take their pos tower away from them. That I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of that. If you leave my like, PR stations alone, Jay, all right? You leave my shit alone. Me. And that's uh, making me money, and bro. That's exactly why we need the ability to assault PI stations. Yeah, my my new Eden dream at some point is if, and I hope to God, Legion PVE has some sort of stealth mechanic, because that if that is true, the ideal thing would be for um, you can, like, get yourself into stations either on ground or in space maybe even inside eve player ships although that's far-fetched but like the the idea being that you could physically like sneak into uh player made installations as a dust player you can just sneak into eve crap and they won't even know you're there and they'll have precautions to detect you that'll like range in difficulty depending on how good they are but you can sneak in and steal resources, steal ISK, wreck their ship from the inside. And if I could do that and it's just stealth related, screw it. That's I, I will be a space bank robber. That's all I'm doing. That, <laughs> like that, screw PvP entirely. Payday two space edition. I mean I yeah. think I, th- I think you're I think you're basically saying what CCP has told us on more than one occasion or heavily hinted at, you know, and that's Frankly, why we're all here and trying to stick around because we we think maybe one day they'll they'll figure out how to deliver that. I guess. Yeah, it's it's pure tin foil. Ah, sorry, tin foil hat theory. But you know, I can dream. Yeah. It's futile, but you know. Well, uh, I mean, like I said, man, it, it's uh, in, in terms of the future. I think I think everybody, if nothing else, and and I think Bam, you, you've you harp on, harp on this occasionally is. You know, Dust is a great tool to figure out what to get right in Legion. It's a great way of figuring out mechanical balance, weapon balance. It's also a great way to look back and figure out hey, what what did we try? Like, where was our, our eyes bigger than our stomach, if you know what I mean? Like, they had a, a probably a grand vision for what PC would be, uh, but they just couldn't deliver. So hopefully that they're they're taking lessons learned uh, and they're figuring out ways that they can incorporate or grow or expand into that vision or, or at least put the building blocks in place where eventually they can, once they figure out, you know, the, like h- how do you properly integrate things or write the code or whatever. Um, so uh, kind of bringing it to a close, what we've, we've generally talked about tonight has been sort of where PC came from. Some of the, the drama that was associated with PC, some of the, the macro, um, the macro issues that led to a really fast rise and really fast fall. Well, really a, a fast rise, a plateau, and then I think a, a fairly steep, but gradual fall and, and PC right now it is what it is. It is effectively a, a very mediocre court battle system. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a school of thought that maybe they should figure out a way to bring back court battles and dust right now and just call it good. And then focus a lot more on faction warfare. I, I tend to kind of think that, that that is the way they should go, is they should really emphasize fact war and then perhaps come up with an esports concept uh, you know, that you could use maybe the PC mechanics around, not unlike the old fight club that we used to have. Uh, so 
we transitioned through that and we kind of talked a little bit about uh, sort of the different perspectives on PC from, you know, sort of like where you stand is where you sit, you know, like where you were sitting at the table when you pulled up to PC and you tried to figure out what it was. It was a very different picture, I think, for people, depending on when they joined the game and what they wanted to get out of it. But I think we can all agree it's one of those things that you really want in Legion and you really wish we had gotten better in Dust. Um, so with that, I'd like to like any last parting shots on the uh, PC discussion, guys. Right, I'll uh, kick it off then. Right, fair enough. Uh, I didn't know much about PC. I played three matches, so I didn't comment. Uh, sorry. Can I have beer <laughs> so now, please? Dan, I don't blame you for being poorer than me. Don't blame <laughs> me for being noob, bro. I'm just a noob. Aside from maybe... Well, I know I'm poorer than Zatara, but I, I don't think... Don't talk to PC players about money. You're probably going to be depressed. I got two and a half billion sitting in my personal account. Do you want some? Oh, well, I'll go fuck myself then. <laughs> BPOs, bro. BPOs. Dude, I'm telling you. I, yeah. Anyone who plays this game a lot is going to have money. I think that it's funny when people say, oh, you know, like if PC weren't around, people, these people who have tons of this would be broke. I only think that there's some average players that have a boatload of ISK from locking that, that actually made ISK. And they're eventually going to lose it if they continue to play in Proto because they're ISK negative in most of their matches. But most of the PC players who were actually at the top of their game don't lose ISK anyways in, P in pub matches. So we were already going to make money you know, through yeah. pubs. It's just it was going to happen either way. We might not have had you know three or four billion but, you know, we would have, like, one one or two, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think that there's still a lot of PC players out there also um, that I know that have lost most of the, like, only lost money in PC overall. Because they've just um, invested so much into, you know, trying to make their corp what it is. I remember Cujo putting on his form signature until, almost until the end when he gave away all his districts that he was the brokest CEO um, on Dust. And it was because... You know, he never took any money. And this was something I tried to emulate. Like, he wanted to make other people in his corporation money, but he never, you know, he put all, all of this disc into the endeavor, never really made a profit off of it. And so I think that there are a lot of, you know, at least leadership like that that should be like that, that, you know, as opposed to people that I've heard of that have said, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to take a mil hundred million disc from the wallet here and just add it to my personal account because, you know, I'm whoever. Um, and that's the way I feel about it, you know. I think that there's a, I think that there is a, I don't know, I'm getting off on a tangent here. It's probably because it's 1147 at night, but I think oh, that it fine. should be, people should be making money for their, for their corporations. But I, I definitely don't think that it's, um, I don't think that the people who have made money would have not have made the money if PC didn't exist. They just wouldn't have as much. <laughs> yeah, I make a profit anyway. It doesn't really. I mean, it's pure bragging rights. Like I still stand by my opinion before it I is. even got into like higher up PC. After about like 30 million ISK, ISK is irrelevant. You just have a theoretical sufficient amount to like sustain your proto use your uh, proto usage. After yeah. that, ISK means nothing because you can buy a hundred of like every item in the game and still have a little bit of ISK left. And there's nothing to spend it on. There, there's nothing, dude. It's oh, like, it's useless uh, because what? even if I were to buy like a thousand of my proto suits, it doesn't matter. I don't let them drop below like ten. You know what I did before I left for De like I started playing Destiny? I I contacted a couple people that I knew would never use Balics or anything, and I said, "Look, I'll pay you ten mil per Balic, or five mil per Balic if I could drive the price low, mm. or one mil per Balic if they were really stupid." And I probably spent like two billion isk just buying a boatload of Balics. 
and just transferring them through PC matches. And there was a 50% loss rate from these jackasses. Like, I, I, I just think it's funny. Like, not that the jackasses, for anybody that was here or listening that actually did sell me their ballots, it's, it's all good. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying that, you know, the point being that there was nothing else for me to spend ISK on. So, you know, because CCP never made it so that, and this is something that Destiny is doing wrong, to tangent here even further, is that when there's nothing to spend your money on, it has to, you have to have gear that's exclusive. And there's nothing that is unique or exclusive about Destiny because they sell exotics like crazy from Zurin people and it just happens to everyone so easily. Whereas, like, at least on Dust, like, officer gear, like, telling someone, hey, dude, I have, like, I have something like 280 Balaks. What do you have? You know, that's, like, more of a status symbol than having 4 billion esque now. That's the sad part that we've gotten to. Yeah, um... I think that's a common trend with games is that they don't know how to get currency right. I mean, unless it's literally something masochistic, like your life is essentially your money where you're treading into like Dark Souls territory, then, you know, you're not really because it, it almost feels like you all, you have to be damn near masochistic to have money be worth anything. Well, I mean, because it's just... otherwise people just naturally farm it. Like, I played a game, and this is a game I've brought up numerous times in the past as, like, a, you know, as demonstrative of one point or another. But I played a game called Ragnarok Online, which was a, a 2D spread on 3D backgrounds MMORPG. And um, it has its own player economy that they ran, that we ran. And the server that I was on, like, for example, the items were just, the items were placed, priced by players because of how rare they were. And they had drops that made them uber rare. Like if when I had a I got a item that was called a a deviling card, which dropped on a point zero one drop on a mini boss that spawned every eight hours. So only three people on my server had this card that allowed me to get an ability on an on an item. And so that item had value and distinguished me like and other people had similar cards that were like, wow, you farmed this. You got this item. There were God items that you had to have entire, you know, clans in order to even have a chance at building one because they were never sold because there was only like literally five or six on the, you know, in the whole game of an item. And and they were never owned by a single individual. They were always owned by an actual corporation, like a, a clan because of, of how difficult they were to actually create. And that sort of thing will fall, fall, like fuel a community for years on end, but if it's balanced. Well, but like, you know, I don't know. No, no, like, no, I think nobody you, gets that. No, I feel like games a, just miss it. Yeah. You're making a good point. And, and, and again, uh, one of the things that Eve could, could do ultimately for Legion is if they could truly figure out a way to uh, scale parts of the economy, like very specific parts of the economy and the structure in, uh, you know that would be that would be a lot that'd go a long way. I mean, that's actually like I know a lot of people that play Eve purely. They they it's not about the pew pewing in spaceships. It's about all the other stuff that you can do other than pew pewing. So, th- which generally, by the way, is centers around how do you make ISK or how do you like basically trade a stock market. Aren't so, there books written on success in Eve Online based purely on yeah, economics? I, actually. Yeah. There are, and if if you if you if you ever care to do it, and I'll I'll pitch this before we move into uh, like a lightning round of sort of fit of the week. Um, you can Google uh, some of the academic search engines, and you can pull up uh, master's theses uh, that were econ theses or poli sci theses that used 
uh, Eve mechanics and Eve play as a primary reference. Um, so with that, what I'd like to do real quick, uh, we had a fantastic discussion on PC, by the way, and kind of branched into some big macro topics there. I mean, we could we clearly talk about this shit for a long time, but uh, I do want to I do want to kind of start bringing the show to a close. And what I'd like to do is kind of go through a, like a little bit of a lightning round. Uh, Pokey brought up a, a kind of a good idea, and he well, really, Bam brought it up, and then we've made sort of foisted it on Pokey to lead it off. But uh, we're going to transition to the fit of the week discussion. We'll go go through it real quick. Pokey, your turn. Okay, what I actually have you got, been doing lately. I got my fit of the week from uh, Fox Gaten. Uh, he posted this up. It's it's kind of you know, uh, after my own heart. Is it's a nice cheap fit because I love BPOs. Um, so his fit that he suggested to the forms was a Sever Sentinel suit, three militia armor repairs, a flux grenade, a militia SMG, and a militia HMG. And uh, you can do the you can do it with like a Templar suit. It's just an MR heavy, uh, but uh, the whole thing costs three thousand ten isk or six thousand ten isk if you actually have to buy the suit. But it's a it's a nice cheap throwaway suit. It's a lot of fun. I love love my BPOs and my heavies. So it's it's been a lot of fun. BPOs for the win. Good deal. Bam, you're up, brother. What have you been, what have you been running? Anything? Uh, well, you know, it was the uh, Million Clone uh, Pew Pew uh, a few weeks ago. I tended to find that the, um, again, the uh, Galente Sentinel, uh, standard standard normal fit, armor tanker to Helen gone, fitter proto HMG, and then with the flux grenade, and then just send it out on its merry way. Uh, that held up pretty well, but I needed to have my GIMP attached to me because I'm find that you can't last as long as you used to you know so yeah as long as you've got a gimp you're good heavy yep no, fair point uh sarai uh, i've just been running a variety nothing nothing no particular fit of the week okay and zatara um i am just enjoying my min mando and uh yep nothing really new going on just having fun i played with the ion pistol and uh that <laughs> That was that was pretty fun. The arm pistol was pretty fun. So was the uh, the the bolt pistol, <laughs> which Space might need <laughs> which might need a little bit of a dude. I just enjoy playing with OP things. Obviously, it, it's it's a little fun, but that that might need a little bit of a nerf. Maybe maybe just a little nerf. <laughs> I did not suggest that buff. Just by the way, I did not have. I will say in my defense, I do not claim buffing that bolt pistol as part of what, what I put forward as a member of the CPM. Can I just say that? Is that can I say that? I think that's fair. The uh... no. no matter what you say, any one of you guys say it's blame, always right? gonna be your fault. No. I, I guess I should say. just take more of the blame. I'm so sorry. It's my fault. I you know uh, I don't know. He nerfed it to shit with his bare hands. Oh god. So um Hanox, how about you bro? What do you in a non-serious note, I've been running the Shingen-E Assault Rifle in Destiny. In a serious note, because I've barely been playing Dust, I've been running HMG since the dawn of time, and that stopped. If you want a really, really scumbag fit, and I will warn you, this is an evil, evil fit, uh, run the Proto-Amar Sentinel with the Freedom HMG, uh, high slots stacked with damage mods. And low slots stacked with complex Dude, wrecks. don't give my game away, bro. That's like my secret fit, dude. Dude, it's stop. Evil. Stop, bro. No. Dude, stop. Stop, stop. stop. Dude, stop that's there. like... Dude, stop, it's bro. Like, right, okay. No, no one heard that, right? Physically, the Amar like, Sentinel painful. is 
is still good. My favorite suit. I've been don't, using a Morrison. No, dude, since shut up. Shush, keep quiet. Shush, keep quiet, bro. Keep, shut, shut your mouth. Keep quiet now, yeah? Okay. Shush. Okay. Shush yourself, bro. Yeah? That freedom, that freedom uh, HMG's godly, bro. Shush. If you, if you tell anyone, they're going to nerf it. Shush. Do don't nerf my stuff. Rex? Leave my heavy alone. Leave my HMG alone. Leave my forge gun alone. Don't touch don't my shit. Yeah, I think you don't want anyone to know you run three complex reps and you heal faster and they can say oops. <laughs> <laughs> Triple stack. Like, nerf my HMG head off. turns It'll speed. grow back by the nerf time it. the blade leaves. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, let's see. So I've been trying to mess around with the uh, like the different sidearms a little bit. I'm normally not – don't do the Iron Wolf route where I like put like one point of SP into everything on the board. Uh, it's, I, it's not how I do it. But I did drop a little bit of SP into some different, uh, different sidearms, and I did use the Bolt Pistol, which I'm now referring to as the Booyah Pistol. Uh, I did try the Flaylock again, and it's actually a good. I think it's in a good spot. So I was dual wielding bolt, pils- bolt pistols and Flaylocks in a uh, Minlaji suit, which was somewhat fascinating. Uh, it, it, it's definitely a uh, definitely a just to have fun fit. It's not a serious business fit, but uh, that that was sort of what I was playing with was bolt pistols and Flaylocks on a Lodgy suit, or not a Lodgy suit, but a a uh, Men assault suit. Sorry, that sounds like a nice fit, dude. Eh, you know, I'm not. I'm not a big pistol guy. Uh, but the bolt pistol had like I read. You know, I know you the mean the, dirt, the, the dirty Harry pistol, yeah. Yeah, that, like that, I read that, the, that, I, that I, disgusting I read, thing that I I loathe. I read the stats in the range, but when you actually put it into practice, that thing is like if you're if you're a keyboard mouse player, if you if you play like Soraya, you should be able. That thing's about as good as attack AR. It's it's vicious, and this is where I become a, a bit of an advocate for numbers. Nine times out of ten, don't represent gameplay, because a player will find a great way to manipulate the numbers to his advantage. So therefore, gameplay tends to win out over numbers. But that's me and my tinfoil hat speaking. Yay! Oh yeah, I uh, forgot to mention I've been using the ion pistol as well, Zatara. And I gotta say, I find it slightly, just slightly less effective than a hair dryer. <laughs> Maybe a bench. You haven't played it's a troll the Delta kill. Drop. Like it's you a haven't troll played the kill. Delta Drop. Before, it right? is like the plasma pistol and the Metroid arm cannon, except it takes the worst of both and the goodness of none. Yeah, but the suits and troll kills are the best way to have fun in dust. Come on. Oh yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, that's why I'm running the fucking freedom with like five thousand reps. I I, I, I treat letting him in just for plasma cannon troll kills. That's the only reason I did it, and I do it to this day. Dude, plasma cannon is not that's things legit now. Well, it's the Hadouken cannon, but now, but yeah, no, it's they they made it even easier to use. So I'm I'm having fun with that. Okay, all right, guys. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> this is a good discussion, but let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this one up with shout outs, and we'll we'll kind of go just push right through it. I'll go right down the top of the line. Bam! Any shout outs? Uh, yeah, I just want to say cheers to CTV Redboy for uh, uh, his comment to uh, Pyrex. I did chuckle there. I thought it was quite uh, fitting. Uh, yeah, I died that against two guys also once time, one time in Bandcamp. You know, that was that was pretty funny. I had a giggle there. Uh, yeah, and that's really it. Uh, thanks for inviting me on to this podcast again, and thank you for putting up with my drunk nonsense. Cheers. Absolutely, man. No problem. Hi, Knox. Um, I'd like to thank my mostly dead now clerp, Outer Heaven for its cool Metal Gear name. 
Um, I would also like to thank Bam Havoc for telling me to shut up for this awesome fit, which I will now shut up, post bro. to every yeah, medium possible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for letting me on the podcast and dealing with my uh, stuttering. Yeah, yeah, no problem, brother. Pokey? Uh, shout out to my corp, OSG. We uh, took a, a, a hack at the uh, raid in Destiny earlier today, and I unfortunately had to stop because I had to come here on the show, but that was a lot of fun. So it's been good playing with them over there. Okay. And Soraya? Yeah, I'm going to um, give my shout out to CCP for nerfing the EDS and uh, s- um, say hello to CEO Pyrex if he's uh, if he listens. And uh, yeah, no, you needed your nerf. Um, take it. Ooh. Take it. That's all I got. Oh, he listens to this podcast. I can say that right now. He listens. Wait, did I DC? No, there was no, just, no, just an awkward silence because Jason didn't close out the podcast cleanly. Oh, okay, wait. Uh, okay, well, I'll give all my shout shoutouts even though Jason's not here. Jason, I love you. I'm sorry for taking your like taking the spotlight. Um, this is Atara, and I just want to give a uh, a shout out to Chicago Cubs forever and uh, Kane Sparrow and my boy Free Beers and Regnum uh, C for corruption and uh, Wombat in combat for. A couple months ago, hosting me in his house the last night of my stay in Iceland. And uh, and I'd just like to give a, a nice shout-out to all the noobs and bros that sold me their Balix and things. Thank you so much Isn't for your weapons. Isn't the PC community you just named off? I, you know, actually... Half really, the PC yeah. community you haven't heard of in a year. <laughs> you, yeah, you aren't wrong. Just just a few names, you know? I'm not pulling them out of hat or anything, you know? Just, just a few names. I'd like to give a, a shout-out to Barack Obama. Her shout-outs are um, real weird. Uh, and don't forget to shout to uh, Zatara's dogs. They were an excellent guest on the show. Mm. Well, they were giving shout-outs. Ah, uh, here, here to that. And now they've fallen asleep. They worked <laughs> themselves up so hard, and then they fell asleep. That sounds like most PCs. Um, so for shout-outs for me, uh, I, I would like to give a shout-out to kind of the old PC crowd, and Zatara actually you know, launched through a bunch of them. Uh, and I'll just say... Anybody that was playing when Dust went live on the PS3 uh, and anybody that's ever actually tried to make a go of PC, uh, this this is why we did the show. We had a lot of people talking, or at least mentioning it to me or asking me about it, uh, about doing a PC-specific show, at least kind of sort of like a broad one. So for everybody that was giving feedback, and, and some of them were vets who have been around for a while that you guys probably haven't seen play, uh, like random Twitter, Twitter hits, stuff like that, but... Uh, anybody that's played PC, uh, shout-outs to you because, again, one of the biggest lasting uh, contributions that Dust brought to the, the gamer community was understanding that you can metagame in, in an FPS in a way that I, at least I am not aware that, you, that people were able to do in any other game. So a uh, big shout-out to all you guys. And I would be remiss if I didn't give a big shout-out to uh, Agony Unleashed. That's my Eve side corp. Uh, no finer group of small gang PVP guys have I have I ever dealt with, uh, and and you know it's a good situation when you have to work your ass off just to keep up and stay even with the rest of the group. So uh, that's uh, that's my shout outs for the night. And with that, guys, we're going to bring this episode to a close. And we again, as always, really really desire your feedback. We really appreciate you guys pinging us on uh, dust mail, Eve mail. Uh, hitting us up, you know, if you see us in game or on Skype, Twitter, the whole smash, please visit the website, www.biomass.net. Uh, you'll, you'll see our episode list down there and there's, you got the contact me buttons. You can always get either me, Pokey or Zell. If you've got some feedback, so please hit us up on that. 
Uh, and at some point, uh, there's a couple of us talking about actually doing some some blogging on there, uh, which we'll probably get up here in the next couple, three weeks, I think, uh, once we kind of get the technical pieces sorted out. So, uh, again, really appreciate the support we get from everybody out there. And uh, props to BAM, Hinox, and Zatara for coming on tonight. So, with that, guys, this is Biomass signing off. Jadek, I love your beard. I love it. It's lovely and luscious. Yeah. Jadek, Metaharm, your beard is gorgeous. Love it. I wish I had your beard.